Welcome to the Unapologetic Designer Podcast, where we chat controversial design topics and expose the raw truth about life as a designer. Welcome back to the Unapologetic Designer Podcast. I have another amazing guest today. Ashley, would you like to further introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Kenzie. Um, I'm Ashley Wyatt. I am the owner of Monarch Design Co. Um, We are a uh, branding and website studio um, located in Toronto, Ontario. We are remote, though, so we work with people all over. Um, Thanks so much for having me, Kenzie. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you, and I have to go on your podcast as well and record an episode. So our topic of the day is green client flags versus red client flags. So to kick things off, what is literally like your worst client experience? Okay, so I really haven't had too many like bad client experiences, um, which is great because that means that my filter blinders are on. Um, and then that I'm kind of filtering out with those red flags. Now, how long have you been working with clients? I have been working with clients. I'm probably going to age myself a little bit, but I've been working with clients for 10 years. And you don't have a a nightmare client story. That is crazy. I mean, like working in like a studio setting, like there has been like nightmare clients, um, but it wasn't really directed at me. It was more so like they had issues. They didn't have like their red flag on, like radar on. So yeah, for the most part, like working in my business, um, which I've been running since 2018. And I did wedding stationery and calligraphy um, beforehand. Well, I've always had a background in branding and web design got into calligraphy, stationery, that's a whole other story, and then pivoted and focused more on the branding and websites. Um, But yeah, no like crazy clients, but I think it's really because I have a filtering process. I'm jealous. I mean, I haven't had too many bad (laughs) clients either, to be honest, but there have been those few projects where I'm just like, oh my gosh, let me just get through this and get over with it so I can get away from this person. And, you know, through those experience, obviously I've learned more to be on the lookout for certain things, but how about you start, like, what's your number one red flag you look for? I, I've listed like a whole bunch of like red flags, but I think the number one with, and it kind of goes hand in hand with some of them, but the client doesn't follow or respect our process of working together. So this could look like they DM and they, uh, you know, just, you know, ask for a price off the bat, which we both know that brand and web design is very personalized services and it, and it really depends on their needs and goals. And there's not really a one size fits all approach. So we have like a process where Um, They fill out a form and if they fill out that form and it's very like simplified responses or they don't really take the time to answer the questions thoroughly, that's kind of like the first red flag. Um, Another red flag would be like they don't show up for that call, which I know you've had that experience. 
um, in the past. And yeah, it, it sucks waiting on a call and like, you know, you're ready and they don't answer or whatever, or they reschedule multiple times and they don't, you know, respect your, you know, time or they cancel last minute. Yeah. So let me tell you how I solved that, (laughs) that issue. I literally have on my call scheduler, when someone goes to book a call, it says, and this is a like thing that they have to check and acknowledge that they've read. If you do not show up for the call, your project will be declined by Kenzie Green Design. And it has worked so well. I haven't had any no-shows since I implemented that. That's that's amazing. I need to do that. And I noticed that too, I think when, because um, I scheduled you to come on and um, as a guest speaker for my students last term. So I, I also taught part-time at a, at a college in Toronto teaching graphic design and Kenzie um, graced us with her presence and, and chatted with my students. That was such a fun experience and like I hope they got so much value out of that because I would have died for somebody to like come into my class when I was in design school and like talk about mm-hmm. all of those things. Me too, me too. Um, yeah, some of them really did appreciate it but that term was just something else and I've since declined teaching for the summer and for fall. Wow. I mean, I don't blame you though. And obviously we're going a little off topic here, but Hey, like that's the fun of having like an authentic conversation. When I was going to design school, so many of my peers just did not give a crap. And as now a design coach behind the design biz Academy, there's like a distinct difference in our students versus the traditional college students. Like looking back, a lot of the people who are going to traditional college to learn design were really there to party and have fun and have the college experience. Whereas in DBA, where I'm coaching these design students who are taking an initiative to build their own business, they seem to be a lot more serious, a lot more involved and fully committed to the process and learning, which it's just a total 360 from what I experienced from my peers when I was going to regular school. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I saw that too. And, you know, I think there's like other things that play a role in it, like, like the pandemic and, you know, switching to online learning and, you know, I'm not quite sure what everyone's like at home learning situation was like if they they even had wi-fi or if they were sharing a computer with a sibling like i had no idea so i always tried to like you know come at it with like some grace but it it, people did take advantage and ultimately like i've i've taken a step back from that role for for personal reasons personal health reasons and then also because my business has just been so busy and You know, it's different when you're, um, you know, working as a solopreneur, but when you're also like managing a team and clients, like that's when things get a little bit hectic and and I just needed to be more, more involved in that. I know that's also like off topic, but. No, like totally relatable because now I'm doing the Unapologetic Designer podcast, I'm running a design business, I have client projects and clients, I have design students, we're running DBA, we're expanding our courses for DBA, like 
there's so much going on and you really have to prioritize like what's bringing you joy and you know what is truly your passion that you want to continue moving forward with and if you weren't feeling the you know teaching thing at a traditional school like i don't blame you at all because you know you don't know everybody's situations and i just got the vibe when i was in design school that a lot of the students who were there were having their parents pay for the education or i don't know what was going on but like the fact that you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to get a college education for me it's like i would think you would utilize that time and take it serious but there were so many people who did not do that oh yeah and i saw it like when i was in school too which was like 10 plus years ago like i don't think times have changed like not like yes okay like the pandemic has been a little bit challenging and different but yeah same thing like people wouldn't show up or you know they kind of just coasted but yeah like at the end of the day like we're both running our own businesses doing our thing are successful like designers and that's what matters most and if those people don't want to do that like maybe it's not not for them i i get that like graphic design people think that it's easy it's it's really not like there's a lot of moving parts you have to wear a lot of hats um and you have to have like a lot of like people skills too um especially with working directly with clients you have to build some thick skin <laughs> Oh yeah, totally. And a lot of people who are going into creative industries, I think are more on the introverted side because I used to be for sure. And I just wanted my design business to work so bad. I was willing to step out of my comfort zone and get on calls with strangers and start getting on social media when I was so nervous and it was not something I'd ever done before up until that point. But if you don't want it bad enough then you're probably not going to be willing to do those things to be able to have like the people skills and everything that you were just talking about that is really needed to like grow and thrive as a designer and i mean it is a little bit of a different scenario when you're in-house under someone because you don't really have to work with clients directly but if you're wanting to go out on your own yeah it's a whole other ball game <laughs> yeah that's interesting that you know you're an introvert i i had no idea and honestly i'm quite introverted myself um and I've had to come out of my own shell and I did that through like the most random way I um fell into like an MLM which was great at the time like I sold jewelry and had fun meeting different people but it really taught me how to like put myself out there you know get posting on social media network talk to people, get sales, talk about sales. Um, so yeah, don't like, um, I guess like don't discount like non-traditional ways of like getting yourself out there. Yeah, I think that um, it's so hard for people who are not just gifted with the ability to speak to others. And I mean, I had a lot of friends growing up, you know, but if we had like a presentation in class or like something where a lot of people's eyes were on me, hated it. Absolutely hated it. I mean, when I took public speaking in high school because I went to middle college my senior year, so I had some college classes and I had the public speaking class, I would dread going to that class all week until it happened and I got it over with because 
I didn't know how to speak to others. I didn't know how to speak about myself. And I was still, you know, kind of discovering who I was at that point. And then, you know, once I got to design college and like started my business and started growing as a person, that all completely changed. So it is a transformative experience in your personal life as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And like, that's, that's the beauty of your, your journey, right? Like you're growing and you'll continue to grow. Like, you know, you've grown a lot. I, I think in the past, like what, one, two years, uh, since I've been following you, like, you know, doing the, the brief collective and now the podcast and your YouTube channel. So, and, and that takes guts to like put yourself out there. So kudos to you. Keep going. Thank you. It was literally the weirdest thing ever to sit a big camera in front of my face and just talk to it like I was speaking to someone. Like that was such a weird experience. But now it's like totally normal. Yeah. How are you finding like the shift from YouTubing to podcasting? I'm really enjoying it. And I think it was definitely the right move for me because I have so much more time now. And I'm also having a lot of more guests on like you, like, for example, you know, YouTube is way more work with video content. Most designers don't do YouTube. So I couldn't really have guests on. And it's also not as an easy to consume type of medium. Like you have to sit down and watch the video. Whereas on a podcast, you can like listen to it while you're working or working out or whatever. It can be playing in the background. And I think it's just more accessible to a lot of busy designers so i'm really enjoying that and i have been thinking i'll probably post like a update youtube video some point this summer just to kind of check in because my youtube channel has still been slowly growing while i've been absent and that's the thing about youtube and all all different platforms i mean they all have their pros and cons but youtube is seriously a long game especially nowadays like if you don't already have a mass following it's really hard to grow and your videos will kind of get traction over time so like me being on adobe live and i just did something the other day on the sketchup channel that's on youtube like those things have helped like drive people to my youtube channel and i've just had more time to focus on again like going back to what's important what do i need to really be looking at and doing and the little free time that I have. Mm -hmm. Are you also posting like your podcasts on your YouTube as well? I'm not. And I don't, I don't have a desire to, because again, also my Wi-Fi. that's a big factor in this. Like it takes two hours to upload a six to eight minute video. So that's a big (laughs) issue as well. I think if I had faster Wi-Fi, it'd be a lot easier to maybe take the podcast that I do and put them on YouTube, but that's not the circumstances. Yeah. I I use Podbean for podcasting and I have it like automatically like posting to my YouTube. Like I'm not a YouTuber by any means. Like I have a couple videos up there for my students that are like unlisted, but it's really just like another avenue for people to find the podcast. I don't know if it's really working because I don't really focus on it, but it's there. It's up there. Yeah. I mean, there's so much work that goes into YouTube videos because not only do you have to post the content, but you have to do the thumbnail, the description, the tags, like, like every platform, there's a list of things that you have to check off to make sure you're 
maximizing its potential and it was just way too much on top of everything else I have going on. But how has podcasting been going for you and like where have your clients been coming from? I know you're definitely on Instagram and active over there. Yeah. So I started the Self-Made Life podcast back, I think it was like the end of 2018. And then we finally started recording in 2019. And I actually started it with two friends. So one is a branding photographer and another is like a handmade uh, business, um, small business. And it was great. We, we shed light on entrepreneurship, just like the ups and downs. Um, and, you know, like running a business, is it, it can be hard and lonely. So we just really wanted to create something that was relatable, something that someone could put, you know, on in the background while they were working from home or, or on their own. Um, and it was great. Uh, we did a couple seasons together and we had some great, like, guests on. We recorded in my um, old apartment in uh, Burlington and we had guests come in person to record. It was really fun. And then the pandemic hit and (laughs) our lives got busy. Like some, like the other girl, she had two young kids at home. She was like navigating the um, parenting, running a small business (laughs) and teaching her little ones. Um, And then the other girl, I think she got another job um, on the side or something. So um, we kind of put it on the back burner for a bit. And I just kept getting this like thought, like, I really need to restart this podcast. And I really wanted to do it. I wasn't sure if they were were up for it. Um, Ultimately, I chatted with both of them. They um, did not want to do it anymore. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go out solo and see what happens. So I relaunched the podcast in, I think it was 2020 or 2021, and I've just been kind of running with it. Um, I've had some solo episodes. It's a little bit different from going from, you know, having two other um, hosts to then going solo. So I've had some solo episodes and I have a lot of guests on. Um, So it, it has been like a slow pickup and build. Um, and it does get challenging with like the editing and I've outsourced some of the editing to my husband, but now he's working full time. Um, so, you know, I do what I can. I post when I can. I do try to do weekly episodes right now. I have probably like, I don't know, like 12 episodes like lined up and banked to like be edited and, and launched or posted. So yeah, um, it's been great. It's been great to connect with other podcasters because I know a lot of people are, are now popping up into this podcasting world. And, and it's a really exciting time because, you know, it's a way to reach new people, reach new clients and create a community. Um, I personally love podcasts. I listen to them while I work. Um, And it's just another way to connect because I'm just finding Instagram to be exhausting. And, you know, I I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. So podcasting is just that other avenue to to explore and just be authentic and turn on the mic and just chat 
I don't blame you at all. Like it's it's a, a medium where you can really just let your thoughts flow because there's no visuals. And I also totally feel you when you say like you ended up having to just, you know, decide to go out on your own and make this thing happen. We actually started the brief collective with five people and now there's three of us. So I don't, I don't think that people realize how much of a commitment, even just the smallest thing as I'm going to start a podcast really is. And I mean, this is my life. Literally, the Brief Collective, my design students, my clients, my design business podcast. Like, that is my life. And, you know, I'll get like an hour to go work out at the gym, spend some time with my significant other, and the social life happens Saturday and Sunday, maybe. Like, it, it's such a big commitment, and there's only so much time in the day. So, like, when we started the Brief Collective, you know, there were five of us, but then you know, those other two people were like, there's no way that I can fit this into my schedule right now. Like there's just, it's not possible. And I totally understand that for others. I don't even know how moms do the business thing because I'm not a mom. And that literally like amazes me. Yeah. That is something that I truly admire and that I've been working towards. Um, I've been going through fertility for like the past like three years. So I've been really trying to like build my business to a point where I can take a little bit of a step back because in Canada, like maternity leave is laughable for people who are self-employed. Like I worked out the numbers with my bookkeeper and it, it made more sense to build a team and have that sort of structure in place so that I could kind of take a little bit of a step back and so that my husband could take paternity leave and then I could kind of come back into the business a little bit. But yeah, I have no idea like how mothers can, you know, juggle their business and, and all, all the things and a family and all their kids like social lives and like you know, extracurricular activities. So if you have any tips for me, please let me know. Well, my co-founder of The Brief Collective, Marissa, she recently had twins and she has taught me so much about time management and just planning in advance because since I don't have children and I don't have that commitment in my life and I'm also not the most planning style person I do things on a whim because I do things when I'm inspired that's just that's how my brain works but she has taught me that planning your content in advance and having a calendar and using systems that auto post and just doing things like a month in advance helps so much and she also has like a team of people so she would be great to give you some tips but that I know for a fact now that if you can plan things in advance and even booking clients in advance will make your life so much easier oh my gosh yeah I'm gonna have to connect with her and that is so crazy that you mentioned that she has twins because I've been manifesting twins (laughs) I'm like a go big, go home kind of girl, so. You will absolutely have to get in touch with her. I will send you her Instagram handle. 
but she she also literally we met up in New York earlier in June for the first time and she had her twins in January so like that was her first time being away from them and she's just she made me so proud and she is so she's so inspiring so she will absolutely be able to give you like the best tips ever it's just so nice knowing other creatives who have different lives and do things differently you know like like I'm a I can go all day long about how to market your business on social media and come up with content off the top of your head but I am not someone to talk to about planning in advance and you know and knowing others who do things differently can really help you just like learn and improve so do you like do you book your clients and like how how long do you book your clients in advance then so right now we're in july i have a client booked in advance for late august september and a client booked in advance for october okay so you are kind of like planning in advance a little bit yeah and for me planning in advance means obviously i know i'm gonna have income then but also I need a break (laughs) and I've been saying that on my social media lately. So when people have been reaching out to me, they might be people I really want to work with, but I'm like, I have to set this boundary in my life. I can work with you, but we're going to have to plan things in advance. And honestly, most of the time, unless there's somebody who's like, I need to start this now, like I'm ready to go, they'll end up working with you. Like if you are booking a few months in advance, sometimes it's even better for the person you're going to be working with. Oh, yeah. And I think it kind of gives them a chance to, you know, get their ducks all in a row too. Like if you're doing their website and like they need to do like a branding shoot or something like that gives them a little bit of time. I will say that's like a really great like thing when it comes to like red flags. Like if someone reaches out to you and they're like, oh, like I need this like yesterday, like, sorry. And like, they don't respect your boundaries. And like, that's a red flag. Um, right now, like we're, we're booking for September onwards. Um, things just kind of got really busy and I'm working through my projects as we have them. We have like 13 on the go right now, which is like absolutely holy insanity. Way more than I would ever, ever be able to handle. Well, I, I, I'm like very grateful for my team. Like I wouldn't have been able to do this all myself. So they really, you know, help out with that um, and getting things going. But yeah, we're taking, I'm taking the month of August to just kind of like catch up and also just to like give myself some downtime too. And maybe do like a website refresh for like Monarch. That's been something that's, you know, been on the back burner, maybe do a branding shoot. I don't know. Are you good at uh, email marketing? Um, I'm getting better. Uh, <laughs> I, I recently started an email newsletter, probably at the beginning of this year. So we have like a weekly email that goes out and my copywriter, Jesse, she helps out with that a lot. Um, but in that, like we, we've been doing like a small business, like feature for like the summer. So we have like a form where people can fill out and they can like be featured in our newsletter. We've done like small business tips of the week. We share podcast episodes. Um, 
social media posts, that blog posts, um, brand launches. That's always been literally email marketing is like the one thing that I've always been terrible at, but because of the brief collective and because we have the design biz Academy, our course over there, we've been talking with launch strategists lately and I've just learned all about that area and I am learning how to schedule emails in advance and now we're sending out a tip to our subscribers every single week because I planned everything in advance and it even inspired me to work on my email list so I'm going to start a weekly newsletter for my own email list because it's absolutely been neglected my entirety of my design business like people will probably sign up and then randomly get an email from me and be like who even is this because that's how like neglected it is oh man um yeah like I've I've been working with my copywriter Jesse but also um Susie Clark from the female leadership collective I just did I just joined her summit this week um and she's um situated in Bali but she's from the UK and she focuses on like email funnels launch strategies all that sort of thing so um I recently did a podcast episode with her and we talked all about like email lists um and and she actually recommended like if you're gonna do like a welcome sequence to have it like over 30 days instead of like I think I have like three emails (laughs) right now but I need to up my welcome sequence and then sending out an email twice a week uh twice who little too much. <laughs> I'm like I'm struggling with the one planning in advance but all right we really got off topic with this but I feel like we talked a lot of interesting topics so far so I guess we can kind of conclude this do you have any green flags that you look for in clients like what are your top green flags we never hear designers talk about that okay I'm just gonna share like one more red flag and that is if like that's if in your gut you feel like it's not a great fit or you you just have like an icky feeling then you're probably right so you know trust your intuition some green flags um people who like do fill out your your inquiry forms and do take the time to elaborate um people who trust you as an expert in your field um someone that's a really good one like just because you brought that up i just want to say that's one of the biggest issues i think when it comes to clients not being happy with designers they come in with an idea And sometimes it's okay to have a rough idea, but sometimes people come in with too much of a very specific defined idea. And instead of letting the designer work their magic and do what they need to do, the client kind of takes over and almost becomes like a boss employee situation. And then they're not happy with the end result, but the designer didn't even really get to implement their typical process because that client already came in with specific ideas that were too too specific does that make sense yeah like it comes down to trust and just like trusting your process like you know trusting that you do this with other clients and that you have a specific process that gets results um like you know i've 
I've had people come to me where, you know, they've only been interested in like creating like whatever logo they already have or have drawn or tried to DIY in Canva or, or created it on their own. And it's like, what's the point in coming to me then? Like, you obviously don't trust me. You obviously don't see me as an expert. What's the point? Um, another like green flag. So something that that would be great is um, people who really focus on like their goals um, instead of focusing on like just the money portion or like their budget um, or just saying like, you know, they're, they're willing to work with you. Um, they have like a healthy budget um, and they understand you know, what goes into, you know, creating something um, like a, a brand or a website, they understand like the time and, and expertise um, involved in it. Um, and they don't like undervalue you. I think that's really important. Um, I really think like a good like green flag would be um, someone who is, you know, eager, um, is excited to work with you and to work with you specifically, like for your style or for your niche that you, you help people in. Um, right now, we're kind of like on a roll with working with a lot of florists. Um, and that's because, you know, they've seen what we've done for another florist in the area. And they're like, oh, like, I, I see what you're doing. I trust you. Or we work with a lot of like wedding vendor professionals, so like photographers, wedding planners, and you know, people talk in that community and, you know, they come to us because they trust that we've done a good job for so-and-so that we'll do a good job for them. So, you know, really having that trust goes a long way and, you know, specifically seeking out to work with you also goes a long way. So I think those are great points and most of the time they are green flags, but sometimes people can definitely deceive you. I've had on more than one occasion, clients be like, I'm so ready to get started. I'm so excited for this. Let's move forward. And then, you know, I take the time to write up their contract, get their invoice sent over, and they never even follow up with me. They just completely ghost me. So freaking rude. Like, if you told me you wanted to move forward, had me do all this, at least have the decency to say, hey, this isn't a good time for me anymore. At least respond to my email. I've also had clients who I had this one client who was like oh you know I totally trust you whatever the cost just tell me what it is and I'm like heck yeah like okay here it is let's move forward and then halfway through our project they threw a complete red flag and we were already halfway through the project and I was like let me just get through this and never speak to this person again because like that's how big of a red flag it was and so yeah there can be times where I think designers can get deceived and then they end up in a project where it may not be ideal I've never had that happen knock on wood that like halfway through a project you're just like oh my gosh get me out like let's finish this but I've had that before where you know they seem so excited on the call and like even like in your initial email and you, you send it out and then all of a sudden like crickets and you're like, hello, like, you know, you want this done. And it's now a month later, I'm now booking, you know, for September, like what's going on here. Um, so yeah, that, 
it's definitely like a double-edged sword I think when it comes to that you gotta like proceed with caution but also be optimistic and like you know maybe something happened like I don't know (laughs) I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt too but then you know if I don't hear back from them after like the third you know follow-up I mentally am just like checked out and I'm like moved on already yeah um pretty much same here and I have an email tracker which I think everyone should have because I can see that they've read my email and I think I mean after they don't respond for a week and I send a follow-up if I don't get a response it's like you're done like I'm never working with you even if you reach back out to me in the future I'm never working with you because one of the most important things in a project is communication like you have if something comes up something comes up and life happens but you can at least respond and say hey i'm not interested anymore hey you know something has gone on blah 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 like if if you don't do that within a few weeks then usually it's just like you you're not respecting someone else's time specifically mine as the designer so we're not gonna be a good fit in the future if you do change your mind um anyways so I think that can pretty much wrap up this episode. Do you have any resources or places that people can find you on social media? I know you have your podcast. Share a little bit about where people can check that out. Sure. So um, I am at Monarch Design Co. on Instagram. My website is the, so T-H-E, monarchdesign.co. Um, and my podcast, The Self-Made Life Podcast, on all streaming devices. Um, right now, I have a really great freebie, which is um, some Canva templates for Instagram. So um, there are, I think, 40 prompts. Maybe there's 70 prompts. There's a whole bunch of like Instagram prompts um, for real stories, posts. And then it also comes with uh, Canva Uh, templates for stories and posts so you can head on over to my website and grab that there totally free um, and just you know help get you started and and, uh, plan out your socials for months and months in advance Um, yeah hopefully that helps (laughs) all right thanks so much for coming on the podcast thanks so much for having me Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unapologetic Designer Podcast. If you'd like to submit your unapologetic design opinions, head over to the link in my description to submit yours anonymously. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can follow our Instagram page or you can sign up to make a monthly donation. I'll see you in the next episode.